Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 45. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's me, your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry, and we do that by getting the stories and the advice from some of the most successful restaurant professionals. I have a great show for you today. Uh, it's going to be a long one, so I'll make the intro short. Just would like to remind you to please connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. My handle is at Eric Cacciatore, and that's E-R-I-C-C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E, just like the chicken. Uh, Follow me on Twitter and uh, tell me who you would like to hear from on the show, and I'll do everything I can in my power to get them on the show for you. Just simply give me a tweet with their name and a restaurant, and I'll try to make it happen. Um, That's all I have. Enjoy today's show. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Helen Cameron. Helen, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing great. Awesome. Are you ready to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge on us that will make our restaurant dreams unstoppable? Absolutely. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Let me just give a quick introduction, then I'll pass it over to you to elaborate. Helen is the owner of Uncommon Grounds, two locations in Chicago. Uncommon Ground has been operating for over 20 years. Aside from being incredibly successful as a restaurant, Uncommon Ground has been a leading example of what it means to be sustainable. They've been acknowledged countlessly for their sustainable efforts and have been named the nation's most environmentally responsible eatery. Oh, fun fact. They are the nation's first restaurant to have a certified organic rooftop farm. So I've given a brief introduction, Helen. I'm going to pass it over to you now to further elaborate. Well, uh, sure. We, we started out 23 years ago this year. We started out tiny, which is my husband and myself, and just slowly grew by expanding our original location a couple of times. During that time, being a small independent, we really did work to be efficient, eliminate waste, recycle, reclaim whenever we could, use reclaimed materials. And uh, as we evolved and grew, we really started looking into local sourcing for food and beverage um, and really anything else we could find locally. So um, this has sort of been woven into uh, our process over many years. And so as a result, when we got involved with the Green Restaurant Association, we were really able to, you know, evolve at a very high level of sustainability. Awesome. After that restaurant was able to expand a couple time seven years ago we decided that we wanted to open a second one and at that point we were much more savvy in terms of sustainability and we had already kind of developed a game plan and a list of things that we wanted in a new space including being able to own it you know ownership really allows you to do a lot more with a building than if you're if you have a landlord especially if you're interested in alternative energy and so on we ended up finding this great four thousand foot single story structure the very north side of Chicago and uh, we decided to go for it on this building that that restaurant became the greenest restaurant in the country in 2012 uh, through the Green Restaurant Association certification process it includes five solar thermal panels Uh, we did all kinds of stuff for energy efficiency in, in that building and uh, we also added the first certified organic rooftop farm, which you mentioned earlier, and that was really a whole incredible journey to connecting with our community and connecting with our food resources and really understanding, you know, how to grow organically and sustainably, and that it can be done very successfully. The two restaurants both now have organic uh, growing happening. The original has an outdoor cafe fencing system that also grows a considerable amount of food for our for our restaurant. Awesome. Yeah. Our, our customers really, really enjoy that element, especially right now because a lot of that great, super, super fresh food is on people's plates on a daily basis. Very gratifying thing. You definitely have that identity of very community-oriented, uh, sustainable 
uh, oriented and just uh, and you, you don't stray from that path. You stay very true and authentic to what your cause is. And I think uh, that's one of the reasons why people love you so much. Um, the first question or the first thing I would ask you is uh, to share with us a leadership or success quote, or maybe it's a mantra that you apply in your everyday life. I actually have a uh, magnet that's been on my refrigerator for a very, very long time. It's very simple, and it's never, never, never give up. Mm. I think to my husband and myself, the idea of failure is just really unthinkable. So it's really a matter of using all your motivation and all your resources to figure out, you know, if you have an issue or a problem, to figure out how to manage it and how to be able to positively move forward always. So that's a really big one for us. Never, never, never give up. Awesome. I love it. Um, and I just love how you, you say to, you know, there's always like an answer and always move forward. And uh, if you if you give up, if you say you can't do it, your brain shuts down. So you have to have that mentality just to keep going and be creative yeah. and, and to find the answer. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, all right. So what is it about you? What's your it factor? What personality or personal characteristics do you have that contribute to your success? Well, I, I would say I'm an extremely motivated person and somewhat stubborn, uh, I think a lot of people would say about me. <laughs> and the never, never, never give up thing. You know, that's really important. I mean, you know, this is a really tough industry to succeed in. And um, motivation and, you know, a sense of urgency on, on addressing things and getting things done is really important. You know, understanding that you have it within your power to figure out how to solve problems, and always try to remain positive. So we really, my husband and I both, try to always keep a very positive attitude about what we're doing. And we also have a very high level of commitment to our, our idealism. Uh, you know, we don't want to serve food that's not good for people to eat. We don't mm-hmm. want all those chemicals in our food. We want people to really shine and be healthy. We also want to support all the people who are producing the really good quality food so that they can continue to survive as well and sustainable on so many levels for our health, for our communities, economically. And then also culture is a very big part of our, our restaurant system. We have live music every night of the week. Um, so we, we really support a, a whole array of musicians, uh, local and national and, and sometimes international. Wow that come and perform, and then we also have our both restaurants are art galleries. So we we really try to provide um, a sort of a community center and a place for people to connect around, you know, the beauty of life, good food, good music, good art, uh, farming, um, you know, so that that's really important to us. Awesome. Um, and I'm going to try to dig just a little bit deeper here. Uh, you say that your, um, your, your strength or it factor is just being committed and uh, being hardworking and being able to solve problems and to just to keep on going. Can you give us an example where your strengths, uh, your it factors uh, were applied and how you got through that issue, that maybe that obstacle that you creatively found your way out of? Yeah. Well, you know, when we found the Devon location, um, we... We actually were examining the building to decide whether to put a bid on it. And so we, it was February, and we went to take a look at the roof. And my husband was holding the ladder for me, and I went climbing up there. It was a beautiful sunny day, but it was cold out. Mm-hmm. And as my eyes cleared the, the parapet wall, and I could see the entire roof, the span of it, and it was one of those silver albumin-coated roofing systems, you know, it was just bright sunlight on that roof. And the first thing that popped into my head was the red ripe tomato. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about food all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately, you know, looked down at my husband and said, oh, my God, we could grow food up here. I was so excited <laughs> about it. That's and, awesome. you know, my husband, he's a great guy that he is. He's still holding the ladder, and he looks up at me, and he's like, okay. And then he came climbing up, and we walked around, and, you know, in that moment, uh, very innocently, we were like, yeah, let's, you know, let's make sure that when we rebuild this building that we're able to grow food on the roof. But in the process, we kind of had to fortify the building somewhat more because putting a farm on a roof, I mean, we have over six tons of soil up there right now, and then all the plants and people and solar panels and beehives and, you know, everything else. So the building really needed to be able to manage the weight of what we were putting up there. So it ended up being kind of a, a big project, and, and 
that was all well and fine. I, we kind of managed through all that craziness. But then it was a whole other learning curve of, you know, I'm a restaurateur. I, I know how to cook. I know how to run my restaurant. But I, I'm not a farm. I can grow things, but I'm not a full-on farmer. Yeah let alone an organic farmer. It ended up being such an, an, an enormous project, but we, we stuck with it. You know, we took care of it the way it needed to be taken care of, and now it is a full-on element of what we do, you know, and it's a full-on connecting tissue to our community, and that's just been a really fantastic thing. And that's great, and uh, the reason why I dug deeper is because, you know, it's so important to have that how-can-I mentality instead of the I can't mentality. I mean, you could have uh, climbed up that ladder and looked at the rooftop and said, oh, we can have a garden up here. And then you started pulling back the layers to see um, what it would take. And you could have said, I can't do that. But instead, you said, I can do that. And because of that, um, look at where you are today, having that mentality of saying, you know, it's always possible, but asking yourself, you know, how is this possible and what can I do and how can I get creative to make my dreams come true? And you really have to be able to do that um, and have that ability to say, how can I make this happen to get to where right. I want to be? Um, and that's why I asked because I wanted just to give you that example of how you have to push yourself. And you're an amazing example of that. So thank you for sharing that story. Um, oh yeah. The, uh, the next question I have for you, Helen is, um, on the topic of your favorite restaurant experience in this industry, we have so many great stories, whether it be at our own restaurant or at somebody else's restaurant. And uh, some of these experiences act as lifelong lessons for us. And uh, we take these lessons and apply them in our, our day-to-day uh, mission at our, you know, our, we apply them at our own restaurant. So, so can you think of one uh, lesson or one story that, that kind of left a great lesson with you and share that with us? You know, I really think getting the second restaurant open for, okay. for my husband and myself, and actually because it was the culmination of so many years of operating the first one and growing slowly and reinvesting. I mean, it's just my husband and myself. We don't have investors, and we didn't start with any money in the beginning. We actually went into debt right away mm-hmm. to get our business going. And so it was sort of that, that constant evolutionary process, and then finally we were able to actually purchase the building um, you know, and turn it into a really amazing restaurant. You know, there were a lot of people that helped along the way. Um, In that experience yeah. of opening the restaurant, um, is there one yeah. moment that was just, uh, that really sticks out to you? In that big picture experience, take us down to the minute uh, of one moment during that whole process. Uh, and what you learned from that experience in, in that story? Well, you know, the build-out was really an intense process. We got to the place where things are getting cleaned up, and now we're actually setting up the restaurant. You know, our chef's coming in. We're hiring and training a new team. We're bringing some of our old team members. Everybody's bonding. Um, that Those moments were super special. And then when we finally opened you know, that first day, I mean, you know, you have your soft opens where you have the community come out and help out and um, and that was really special because the community there didn't really have you know our kind of restaurant anywhere nearby and there was so much appreciation finally made it happen we, we really got that recognition from the community and that love and just feel very accepted and you know that, that continued that support we're not really in a huge commercial area there we're yeah. very much in the heart of a community and it's you know, it's much harder than if I were downtown, you know, there's not as many people around and stuff. So, I mean, they really support us. So I, you know, that acceptance by the community after putting all that hard work and effort into it was really special. And then how everybody bonded, you know, our crew, our staff. And now um, what did you, what did you learn from this, uh, this, this like long experience of opening the second uh, lesson? Like if there's anything you took away from the whole process, what is that takeaway? Well, I feel, A, we did make a very good choice for location, which, you know, that is that is so important in the restaurant world. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody always says location, location, location. But the other thing is, you know, the idealism behind our concept. Our vision is nourish community and nurture nature. And, um, you know, we really try to make all the best choices for everybody uh, in the methods of, you know, how we do our business. And 
Um, you know, I think if you really stay committed to those types of things and follow through and you do the work, because in the restaurant business, you have to do the work. There's no way around mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? You have to get it done. And, you know, just following through, staying committed to it, you know, I think that makes all the difference. And that's why seven years later, you know, we're still running strong awesome. in and the new restaurant. I just wanted to share um, what you're saying to me. It's making me reflect on a book I recently read, and uh, that book uh, is The Go-Giver, and he has five laws to strategic success in that book. And the third law is the law of influence, and the, the, that defined law is your, your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. And it sounds like this whole process, what you're doing, was um, putting everyone else's interests first, the community's interests uh, the you know making sure they're eating healthy food, making sure that you're uh, sourcing from local purveyors. Uh, I remember from your speech, you even uh, went to local uh, craftsmen to get your tables made. So this entire time, yeah. you're thinking of everyone else first. You're you're looking after everyone else's back, and because of that, what it sounds like. Um, from what I'm hearing from you, it sounds like everyone had your back. And that's what happens when you put other people's interests first. So that's an incredible uh, experience uh, and a, a, you know, a perfect example of what happens when we don't think about ourselves and have a, other people um, kind of uh, approach the things. So uh, incredible. Right, right. Our customer's response is really the wind beneath our wings. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If we are truly providing a place of comfort and happiness, drinking and, you know, relaxing mm -hmm. in a really nice environment, you know, and, and you feel confident. I mean, people know I, I'm vetted, you know, there's kind of four stars of the GRA. I make every effort on in every arena to, to really make the best choices for sustainability. Awesome. And, you know, in the end, that also helps me to succeed. Mm -hmm. you know, so Great. Helen, the next question I have for you is on the topic of enlightened hospitality. We all know we need good food and service, but we need to take it a step further and provide incredible hospitality. And hospitality is all about uh, being genuine, providing warmth, and caring to your, your guests. But it's more than your guests. It's also your employees, your guests, your community, your suppliers, and your investors. Can you think of a time that you displayed enlightened hospitality or maybe one of your team members did? Well, I, I think that there are many occasions where that happens. I, I do feel like that's always such a big challenge, too, um, finding good employees, teaching them, you know, the right way to talk with customers and take care of them. Um, it's, it's just more and more of a challenge these days. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for us, we, we look for ha people who are generally just happy people, very positively oriented. We look for... Uh, uh, you know, a level of intelligence and curiosity mm -hmm. and people who care about, you know, good food and good drink and are gravitate towards us because of our, um, you know, what we do. And then uh, we, we fully are wanting to engage and mentor and teach people about this. Okay. And, you know, just having the daily successes of, um, you know, customers saying, wow, you know, I just really had a great experience. Um, and sometimes you'll just see simple kindnesses, you know, when people come in and they've got two kids and strollers and, you know, somebody will run to go help them at the door and, mm -hmm. and get them settled and, um, you know, maybe try to get something to the kids right away because we all know how, how nice that is. You know, your kids are usually yeah. wanting to get, you know, to get going as soon as you sit down. Yeah. We try to kind of go out of our way to make sure that people are, are, are comfortable and constantly teach that. You're but it, it really is a, a challenge sometimes, too. I feel like you've given us a great um, overview, of an aerial sh snap of what it is that you do at your restaurant and uh, how you kind of uh, impose this belief onto your uh, your employees. But can you give us a, a specific example of um, something that just sticks out to you where you were just so proud of one of your employees, where they uh, just went above and beyond what was expected of them to just deliver outstanding hospitality? Well, uh, you know, all our servers are, are taught about what's happening on the, on the rooftop farm so, okay. so that customers know what's going on. And, you know, from time to time, we'll have people come visit, you know, from somewhere international. And I'm not always, you know, in the restaurant because sometimes I'm at the other one or, you know, I'm just finished working for the day. Okay. But we, we had some very lovely people who were visiting from afar 
and had heard about our, our rooftop farm and really wanted to come and see it. And they told our server about it. And now typically my farm director's there, but it was in the evening, so she had already left for the day. Our server took really good care of them, explained, you know, what on the menu was using the products that came from our own farm, and then asked the manager if she could take them up to the roof at the end of their meal period and then took them up there and, you know, like personally made sure they got to see it. And, you know, she didn't have all the full information, but she went completely out of her way mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that these people who traveled so far were able to come and see what they wanted to come and see. So we were really proud of her for that because, you know, some of some of the kids aren't quite that comfortable, you know, going to that place. And, and she really did what go above and beyond and really made that happen. That's what I was looking for, Helen. That's the specific yeah. story of somebody um, who isn't, you know, who knows what their job is. Exactly. And, yeah. and just went out of their way. She's all proud of it. You, yeah. You got it. And, and, you know, it's those little things. Uh, you can do the, the basic things better than anybody else in the world. But when you start doing the little things that aren't expected from you, that uh, make you uh, have to maybe be inconvenienced for the the interest and the convenience of somebody else because i mean that's your staple your rooftop garden your your rooftop garden that's your staple so people want right. to see that and you and you have to uh be willing to go the extra mile to, to um, make people happy and to see what it is that you're all about and uh it's an incredible story thank you so much for sharing that and it's a great example the next question is uh what is one of your biggest challenges uh and maybe what's your advice to overcome this challenge well, you know, the, the challenge is to really keep it all going and moving forward. So, you know, right right now for us, we're actually adding a brewery to our system. It's called Green Star Brewery. So we are bringing on a whole new learning curve in terms of, you know, how to operate this within our already rather large and, uh, you know, uh, complex system. And so, you know, we're going to be going through another growth spurt and, you know, how the challenge is how to, you know, understand this whole new system and operate it well. Uh, we are planning on certifying the brewery as organic, and so pretty much every beer that we produce will be certified organic. Wow. Um, and, and so now many things have to happen. We have to find the producers. We have to develop those relationships. So our head brewer, you know, is working on that. And, of course, because we're on common ground, he's also looking at, you know, uh, can we can we share our, our stuff with some farmers or compost it or what are we doing? So, you know, just kind of setting up a whole additional system to what we're already operating. And then how do we then, you know, teach our staff about this mm-hmm. so that they're all understanding about all the different beers that we're going to be producing and, you know, what's all going into that so that they, you know, in turn can communicate that to our guests. And um, so many people can't wait for us to get this going, and we may actually start brewing uh, this weekend. Wow. So all the last, you know, construction details are starting to kind of finish up, and all the licensing and all that stuff has been done. And, you know, and then, you know, adding all this into our system now and being, you know, getting it out into the world with our staff and um, and, and everybody else, and, and just getting that up and going. So, you know, we it's it's already a very complex thing just just to run a restaurant. But then you have a farm and now a brewery and you know a music system and art. Um, you know, our biggest challenge is how to continually maintain uh, all these systems. You know, operating really well, and then you know. At the baseline of all of that, we're, we're making all the most sustainable choices we possibly mm-hmm. can. And, you know, ultimately it's a lot of a communicating, it's a lot of educating, and it's, you know, it's a lot of cheerleading, you know, trying to get everybody um, to understand why this is so special and, you know, why our guests would like it. And, you know, because it tastes great and it's all certified organic mm-hmm. and we're supporting these local farmers and, and all that. So, um that that right now is kind of the biggie for us. And so, we do have some management. Uh, we have a new chef that's, you know, just setting up a new menu. So there's, uh, there's a lot of change. So there's, you know, the big challenge is always managing the change and, you know, trying to get your staff as educated and as interested in what we're doing as possible. 
So we identified the challenge as being the expansion of your brewery into uh, the growth and to manage and learn the whole process. Um, what yeah. what quick advice do you have for somebody who might be experiencing uh, similar struggles, uh, and how do you uh, handle uh, this challenge? And how are, what are you doing to uh, to be most effective in uh, trying to get past this challenge? Yeah, well, I mean, it always starts with a pretty massive to-do list yep. and then organizing that list in terms of priorities mm-hmm. and, you know, who should be managing what, which priority. If for some reason we don't have an answer to something, then, you know, obviously there needs to be some research mm-hmm. figuring things out. And, you know, these things all take time. And so you, there does need to be a certain measure of patience. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, neither is a really good long-term restaurant. I mean, it's something where, you know, every day you get up and you, you, you have your list of things you're trying to accomplish. Um, and, you know, your work is never done. So you exactly. also have to be reasonable in your expectations of what can be done. And hopefully you're delegating mm-hmm. and you're getting help from others and you're helping to manage, the, you know, their direction and what they're doing as well. But, you know, you definitely have to have a vision. You definitely have to, you know, really try to figure out how to execute that vision in the best possible way and get others involved that are really excited about it. So what I heard was, uh, you know, be organized, uh, have a plan, uh, delegate, and uh, just communicate. And, uh, yeah, and if... I mean, I can suggest, I don't know if you're using any tools to help, but Asana is a great tool uh, for team projects. Uh, If you've ever heard of Asana, uh, I can tell you a little bit about it later. Yeah, I'll fill you in later. And um, another one is uh, uh, Dropbox or Box or Google Documents is another great resource to kind of work in a team. So uh, if you're interested in those, I'll fill you in later. But, yeah, I mean, and those all help you communicate and stay on the same page and uh, stay organized and uh have a, a list of you know things to do so uh all good yeah. stuff and organization is key yeah. <laughs> it's it, totally absolutely. Key. great well yeah. um thank you for sharing that challenge and how we should handle the challenge we're going to jump into the part of the, the interview that i call knowledge bombs and what you're going to do is just drop some big old bombs of knowledge on us uh that we can all apply in our day-to-day lives at our own restaurants or working as, at our restaurants so the first question, the first bomb you're going to drop on us is on the topic of uh, employee retention. Uh, there's no doubt that employee retention is one of the biggest struggles in the industry. So what advice do you have to first find these great employees and to have them stick around? Yeah, that is always our biggest challenge. And uh, I feel like you know the, the terrain with employees has changed so much since we first started. Um you know, with with the technological uh, changes, you know, it's it's so different these days. But we pretty much try to, first of all, you know, advertise uh, very clearly about whatever position we have available and what's expected. And, you know, and then really try our best to hire, you know, the most positive, motivated people. And and actually people that kind of understand what Uncommon Ground is about, and, mm-hmm. and that's why they, they want to come and work for us. Uh, you know, and putting all that effort into our mission and our vision, you know, really helps us to find those people especially. Um, so you look for people that training, are... Sorry, go ahead. Um. Well, we're yeah, we're looking for people who have something in common with our mission. Um, you know, people who care about the environment and the good food movement and so on. So, you know, that's something we test for. I mean, experience does count in some respects. Not, you know, not always do we need to hire somebody who's fully experienced. You know, it, it depends on the position and the trainability of the situation. You know, I mean, each time we need to hire somebody, we look at the situation and then we try to kind of understand who it is exactly we need to hire. You know, what, you know, what time frame are they working? Is it part-time? Is it full-time? You know, what are they doing? And then really make sure that uh, as we're interviewing people, they're all understanding what it is that we need and we're understanding who they are and, you know, whether they can fill that need. Um, you know, so good interviewing is, is good. You know, yeah. you, you, it, it's so expensive to train somebody. So, you know, and people do come and go a lot faster, especially in our industry. So, you so, know, you, you do try to look for people who will stay for a while yeah. and not kind of come and go in a few months. And that, that's so difficult because, 
you know, people might be interviewing into two or three different places, and they might take a job with you, and then they get they end up getting the job they wanted, you know, a week or two later. So it's uh, <clears throat> can be a little frustrating these days, but yeah. uh, we still just, you know, go at it as positively as we can, and then once we've got them hired, you know, obviously there's a lot of training involved in our system because there's so much everybody needs to know about mm-hmm. where the food's coming from or where the vodka's from, and, you know. So it sounds like a, the that, first thing that matters to you is uh, getting people that are aligned with your visions and your morals and your, your culture. Um, if you can find people absolutely. that have alignment with what you're trying to do, it makes your job that much easier. Um, but once you find these people that are aligned with your, uh, your your culture and your vision and your mission, what do you do as a, a restaurant owner or manager to uh, keep them on your team? What was What is your best advice to keep these people as valuable team members? Well, you know, personally, I think keeping people challenged and learning is, is a really good thing. Um, you know, and so Farmer Jen's always giving tours. She, you know, occasionally will sit on the staff meetings and tell them what's going on with mm-hmm. the farm. Um, our brewer will be doing a lot of that with our staff. And, you know, they'll get to be tasting a lot of great beer. So, you know, we try, you know, I think you're happier if you feel like you're involved Mm -hmm. and you're a part of something. And, you know, we really try to get our staff involved and and learning and growing um, and, you know, being a part of what we're doing. Uh, and you know, really, the, the great majority does. Uh, sometimes, if you if you youngsters are still kind of trying to figure it out, because it's a lot, it's a lot of stuff that you know they have yeah. to learn, and it can be rather intimidating. Uh, yeah, you know, especially if you're fairly new to it. But yeah, what you're talking about is self actualization. Uh, your employees need to feel like they have self fulfillment, their ability to learn, create, and understand, um, and to be a part of the big picture, and that gives that you know that sense of. Uh, purpose. So it's extremely important. Right. Absolutely. So the next question I have for you, Helen, is what is your best resource uh, or restaurant resource? It could be a uh, book, website, magazine, or a podcast, but what's one resource you would like to share from our listeners that we can all benefit from? It's called the Chicago Green Restaurant Coalition. Okay. And uh, so what, what they do is they really try to help Chicago restaurants become more sustainable. All right. And as, as you become a member, there's all these perks that you can get. Um, it's a small price to pay. I mean, you'll definitely get more money back, you know, if you become a member. Okay. In, the, in the early days when they first started, there wasn't even a membership fee. But um, what they did is they, they created this thing called the Guaranteed Green Program. Um, and because there's a lot of restaurants that are, that are saying they're being green, but that's not necessarily true. Okay. And it's very disappointing, um, I think, to customers, uh, you know, if you really have faith that somebody's doing what they say they're doing and maybe they're not. So, um, But the, the coalition actually started out to help restaurants purchase more sustainable paper goods and cleaning supplies and other related items um, as like a co-op for much better pricing because in the early days that stuff was really expensive, sometimes two, three times more than buying, you know, your normal product. And so uh, they really, in a very short period of time, developed this great great relationships with certain vendors. And, you know, if you were part of the coast, you would be able to get these sustainable products at a much better price, which really helped me start, you know, going to that place with my restaurant. And then, um, you know, eventually I decided to go ahead and, and uh, become part of the Guaranteed Green Program, which meant that I had to certify with either the Green Restaurant Association or Green Seal. Okay. And by kind of getting me involved in that, I ended up learning so much about what restaurants can do. Some things are very easy and inexpensive. Other things require a bit of an investment. Um, and, you know, it was an educational process to go through all that, but in the end, I ended up saving so much money um, in, in so many different places in my restaurants, and that really helped me succeed a great deal. So that's been, you know, probably over the past couple, two, three years, a resource that I have used continuously. Yeah. Sorry, you're, you're located in uh, Chicago, right? And um, can you yeah. think of a resource that's a good resource on the topic of sustainability and what you can do at your restaurants to be sustainable that maybe is um, more uh, broad uh, service 
Uh, uh, so, so there's two uh, certifying bodies that do the national certifications. There's the Green Restaurant Association in Boston, okay. and then there's uh, Green Seal in Washington, D.C. And both of them have a very robust uh, certification program. And what's, you know, as a resource, you can go to their websites and you can take a look and see all the various steps that restaurants can take. Okay. You know, anything like buying Energy Star rated equipment to using LED lighting to, you know, low flow aerators on your faucets and your, your dish sink and, you know, all variety of things. So there, you know, so you don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel if you become more sustainable as a restaurateur. You can have these resources to go to, and they can help guide you. And for some people, certain actions don't make sense. It's good to take a look at a catalog of, of actions and decide on what would make sense for you maybe this year in your restaurant. And then once you've kind of accomplished those things and now you're saving some money, then you can add a few other things to your regimen and next year do these things. Mm -hmm. If you do a little bit, something every year and add to your plan, you know, over a short period of time, you're going to be a lot more efficient, you know, wasting less and, you know, being way more sustainable in your process. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, those are really great resources. Yeah, and, you know, it's not just about looking good in the public eye. I mean, you, you do save a lot of money uh, with these efforts. It might be a, a big initial, uh, you know, expense or investment, but over time you're going to make up. You need to plan ahead. You need to think it for the future. Helen, the next question I have for you is uh, what is one industry trend that you're really putting to use right now or has your attention? Well, I mean, for me it's all about sustainability right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the trend that more than anything, I, you know, my mentality is, is in. Um, you know, the electrical expenses are going up. So right now I'm trying to understand how to how to maneuver, you know, dealing with my electric bill. I'm, I'm trying to understand how things are changing because they're, you know, saying everything's price is going up. And obviously, you know, restaurants use a lot of electricity. That's something that I'm watching very carefully right now. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm also, I'm also looking into, so we have solar thermal at both restaurants. And, um that really saves us quite a bit of money on heating our hot water on a yearly basis. And while those systems were an investment, uh, our return came, you know, pretty quickly, you know, less than five years, which to me is a really, you know, good return on investment time. So now I'm looking at um, photovoltaic panels, PV panels, you know, because they've become much more efficient and their price has gone down, and perhaps that might be another alternative energy system that I, I might look at for the restaurant. Okay. Just continual improvement on encouraging constant more and more local purchasing mm -hmm. and more and more organic purchasing. And one of the other big things that I'm really involved in right now is uh, the the uh, labeling of GMOs, genetically modified organisms. Uh, it is it, it's turning out that those things may not necessarily be very healthy and nutritious things for us to to eat. Okay. And they are found pretty much everywhere, and we have no way of knowing where they are because we don't label these things. And so that's another thing that I'm really involved in because again, I'm really concerned about being able to eat good, clean. Fair food. And uh, Helen is truly an expert and uh, an authority on the topic of sustainability. Um, I think her restaurant goes to show that she she knows what she's doing. And uh, before we move on to the next question, just real quick, if you could give us a quick ballpark figure, uh, just one number real quick of what you think you save annually because of all of your efforts. It's substantial. The, uh, the Green Restaurant Association sent me some information just based on a few things that I do. So in terms of water savings and energy savings, they calculated just on a few things that I was saving $13,000 a year at both restaurants. Oh, wow. Um, but they, they didn't include my solar thermal panels, which at each restaurant probably saved me another six to $8,000. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, depending on sunlight, <laughs> what, how much that might be. Um, so it's safe to say and, that you're, you're saving at least over $20,000 annually from your sustainable Well, it, Yeah, and here's just one other little fact that wasn't included in that either, and that is the one thing that kind of made me fall off my chair in the, in the, you know, the first year that I 
that I started making, you know, significant changes to certify. And that was I, I purchased six hand dryers uh, for my restaurant, three at each one. Okay. To, to buy them and install them cost me $3,000. I, I started watching my P&Ls, you know, after that, and I realized that each restaurant was saving over $1,000 a month on the paper towels. Oh, wow. So that's... That, that blew me away. So basically in a month and a half, I had covered my investment, and then I was just saving a couple of thousand dollars a month. So we're looking at now like $40,000. <laughs> if my math is correct, it's over $40,000 right. a year that you're saving. Right. In, a, in, a, yeah. in, you know, in an industry where uh, margins are so small, you can't overlook yeah. these little things. And um, that's one of the reasons why if you accept my invitation, Helen, I'd love to have you back on the show. And you can just kind of share with us your tricks of the trade. Because I think you'd be an incredible resource for us to learn more about sustainability. Um, and we can talk yep. about that later if you're interested. Yep. Yeah, you just know so much. And I think it would be so valuable to learn that from you. Pardon the interruption, guys, but I just want to give you a quick reminder that if there are any products and services that you heard about on today's show that Helen had suggested, just head over to the show notes at www.restaurantunstoppable.com forward slash 45 for links to all the products and services we discussed. And uh, after the show, I discovered from Helen that she uses the Excel hand dryers uh, for her restaurant. So I connected with Restroom Direct, and uh, they are going to provide you with a 5% discount uh, on one of these hand dryers. You simply have to go to the show notes at restaurantunstoppable slash 45, click on the Excel hand dryer link, and you'll be redirected to the Restroom Direct website, and you'll get your 5% discount simply by entering promotional code RU for Restaurant Unstoppable at checkout. Now back to the show. Uh, we'll be wrapping up shortly. Is um, is there any uh, product or service uh, that you would? I mean, actually, you know, you just did it. Uh, you just met, answered this question. Uh, product or service like what you see a return on investment. So uh, I'm sure you have a few yeah. things. Uh, do you want to just maybe just bullet a couple of those things uh, that that you use that we should all look into? Well, here's here's another one. Um, LED light bulbs. Okay. Uh, you know, a lot of restaurants. You, you know, you want to have really nice lighting. And the LED, the dimmable dimmable LEDs are now really, really nice. And you actually save a lot of money on those. When we first installed our LED lights at our Devon location, we did it at the very end of the billing period and then took all the halogens out and put LEDs in. Those LEDs at that time were over $40 a bulb. Wow. Um, but cost us around $1,500, you know, redo the dining room. But in my first month of usage, it appeared that I was saving probably somewhere between four and $500 a month on electricity by switching to the LEDs because the halogens, of course, use so much more power. Wow. Um, but then there's another thing to consider when you when you order an LED light bulb, and that is, you know, the halogens would cost me maybe 12 bucks or so each, and they would last somewhere between six months to a year. I have the first LED light bulb that we installed was the prototype because my husband's been in contact with this company, and, you know, they were working on getting a really nice quality dimmable LED for a while. So when he got the first one looking really good, we, put, we installed that at our Devon location the first year that we were open. And that same bulb is still burning seven years later. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. Even though I spent 40 bucks on that initial round of LED bulbs, which, by the way, I haven't replaced any of them going on three years ago now, the savings on light bulbs is, is enormous as well. I mean, that's something that, you know, restaurants constantly have to buy. It's a constant maintenance issue as well. So to not have to keep replacing bulbs is really nice. They also don't generate the kind of heat that halogens do. So in the summer, you're not air conditioning your light bulbs. And um, so you save energy that way as well. That's a really great way to save money. And even though I kind of paid a higher price for those, I still paid my investment back in three months. Yeah, exactly. You got to think of the big picture. Saving that money outright, you know, and then saving money, a lot of money on light bulbs. That's a really great thing, too. Are there any other uh, product services that you want to drop on us real quick before we move to the next question? Well, you know, I, I would... I would encourage any any restaurateur, if you can have some flower boxes or planter boxes or any way of at least having a little something edible growing around your space to do that because I think it's beauty. I think, um, you know, customers will appreciate it. Uh, I, I have to tell you that in my own experience, my whole quality of life changed when I decided to do the farm on the roof. And um, at the other restaurant with our sidewalk cafe area, 
you know, we're growing all kinds of food there, and people really connect with it and enjoy it. And, uh, I mean, you know, if your restaurant that really stands for good food, that's a really nice thing to do. Awesome. Great. All, all great stuff. Um, so the next question I have uh, is, the, what is your best business advice for somebody getting started in the industry? In, in my own history, between my husband and I, we, we had been working in restaurants for a very long time before we opened on Common Ground. And we, he had, you know, of course, enormous amount of front-of-the-house experience. I, I had both, but not in management. And until right before we opened on Common Ground, I was the, eventually became the executive chef of a small hotel. So we had a great deal of experience. You know, we both were dishwashers and bussers, and, you know, we both worked through restaurant systems. So having that kind of experience really helps you run things well. Mm -hmm. Um, It really makes you understand how important your dishwasher is when you wash dishes for a while. (laughs) Um, You know, that is a very important position in your restaurant, and you really need to respect those people that work very hard. Every every Um, position in the restaurant is an important position, because if one of those positions isn't doing their job, everything else gets affected. So it's very important that we keep... Yeah, so I think it's important to to really be in the shoes of every position that you have in your restaurant if you're if you're opening one. You need to know what that's like. You need to understand it implicitly. And also, I think that you really need to understand your finances, mm-hmm. first and foremost, Absolutely. actually, because that was something that I wasn't as well-versed in, and so the early years were a bit of a bumpy ride, you know, because I didn't understand, you know, every sort of element of, of our finances. And sometimes it was so busy that I couldn't keep up with it because I'm just in my restaurant running it, you know, by the seat of my pants, you know, every day. I think it's good to to have a business plan to, you know, make sure that you've got somebody documenting everything properly and, and taking care, you know, of making sure your payments are on time and, you know, you're paying your employees properly and so on. So, you know, finances and, and managing all of that is really, really important, and you should know that. And then you should really know every position and what that's about in, in your space. Awesome. Great advice. The last question is more of an opportunity for you to suggest a question I could have asked you that would have brought more value to this interview. You know, websites, marketing, and social media is kind of a really big thing, too. You know, your connection to that greater outer world um, you know, from your website. And, uh, you know, that's always a challenge for us, too, as technology changes. You know, we're, we're in the process now of redesigning our, our website because it's, it's getting a little passe. And, you know, there's always a challenge of making sure that via social media that you're connecting to your audience as well. And that's, you know, that's pretty much a wave of the future now. You need to really have uh, a well-designed website, something that really explains your restaurant, who you are and what you're doing. And that's a really big thing these days, too. Absolutely. And uh, you you went ahead and you asked the question and you answered it, so I won't go ahead and ask you again. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Um, that's, that's your new first impression. People used to put a lot of focus in keeping the front of their store looking nice, which is still very important. But the new first impression is uh, your, your restaurant website. And the truth of the matter is if your restaurant website is um, – two years old, it's really outdated because so much has happened in the past couple of years. And, um, I have, uh, an interview with a great company called restaurant engines that, uh, offers a great deal for $49 a month. They will build your restaurant website and manage it for you. And not only will they manage it for you, but they'll also teach you how to manage it yourself. So eventually when you get comfortable, you can, uh, detach yourself from their service and be self-sustaining, which is really cool. Um, and, as far as the, on the topic of uh, social media goes, tune in to the uh, next episode, which should be airing on Thursday. And uh, I'm going to be talking to Anna Tazin of the National Restaurant Association on the topic of social media strategy, uh, what you're doing now and what you need to be doing in the future, and uh, the tools you can use to do it right. That will be episode 46. And Helen, do you mind me asking who's building your current or uh, future website? We found this at the restaurant show. We found this really great web design company called MoPro. I don't know if you saw them when you were there. It's a it's a monthly fee based scenario where they will come and completely redesign our our website. They come and they'll videotape. So we're waiting. You know, we're waiting to have them come until like later July. So the farm will really be beautiful, and they'll. videotape us and do all this stuff and what's really great about it is they have like a reputation management place so you can see reviews you know yelp and whatever 
through your back end of your website. Um, all your social media is connected in there too, so you have like a one-stop shop to like deal with all that outer world technology internet thing. So we decided to sign up for that. Awesome. And, uh, we're kind of excited about it. It's so called we'll MoPro. It it's called MoPro. Awesome. I'll look it up. And uh, I think that's everything. Uh, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. You were incredible. And I'd like to personally thank you uh, just for being an amazing example of what we should all strive to be more like in regards to uh, just being a sustainable person and uh, making it all about others. And that's really what sustainability is about, is uh, uh, making it about the future, about others, and how we can keep uh, civilization going because at this rate we're in trouble yeah yep so, thank you so much oh you're so welcome i really enjoyed talking with you today another great episode with another amazing guest thank you so much helen for being on the show you rocked uh what really resonated with me today was helen's ability just to, to keep on going and not to quit and to have a dream to have a vision and just to go with it if you're passionate enough if you work hard enough and you treat people right, your uh, your visions, your dreams will come true. And uh, why that resonates with me is because I was so far in the hole with my debt from aviation being a commercial pilot. I was on the verge of giving up on my restaurant dreams. And um, instead of doing that, I thought to myself, there's got to be a way I can get creative and help other people and uh, learn all I can learn. And uh, that's what this podcast is. And I'm, I'm convinced the power of... Uh, good intentions will get me to my dream restaurant in some way, somehow. Not sure how yet, but it will happen. Also, I couldn't help but think how Helen's advice to keep employees around, um, you know, by providing uh, an environment that allows them to learn and challenges them, reminds me so much of the book I recently just read. Um, I had my last episode was about it, Peak by uh, Chip Connolly. Um, and that's where you have to focus on your employees. You need to focus at the top of that pyramid on the self-actualization, um, the real elite personal needs to keep these people around, to keep them happy, and to make sure that they're aligned, that their missions and their purposes are aligned with your restaurant's missions and purposes. So great advice. And uh, don't forget, you can own this audiobook, uh, Peak, just by going to audibletrial slash unstoppable, and you can get your free audio uh, edition of the book and it's you won't regret listening to this book guys it's, it's amazing and lastly i just wanted to uh, recap on the very end of the episode where we're talking about the products and services that can improve uh your restaurant's website like i mentioned in the in the show there's uh, restaurant engines and what's really great about this guys is uh, they'll build the website for you and then they'll hold your hands and teach you how to manage it yourself and it's only uh 49 a month uh, with $122, I believe, uh, an initial startup fee. And I have the links in the show notes. Um, and uh, if you guys go and you want to check out that website or, or that service, it's, I mean, it's the most affordable, legit one I've found. And I did do some research on MoPro. Also, it's an incredible service. Maybe a little more high-end than Engine Restaurants. But that said, it, it also comes with more bells and whistles that you might not entirely need. Yes, Completely agree that they might make your efforts a little bit more um, effective and you know, your your life a little easier. But at the price of $200 a month, um, if that's out of your budget, uh, then definitely don't you know rule out restaurant engines. And if that's in your budget and you do have that money and your restaurant has grown to that point where it is affordable, then uh, it looks like a great service. So, I mean, it has my seal of approval and it seems to have Helen's seal of approval. So check it out and I'll have the links in the show notes for that too. All right, if you can't tell, I'm talking fast because uh, we're going on uh, 54 minutes now. So um, I'm out of here. That's all I want to share with you today. And uh, until next time, peace out.